0: What's going on, everybody? It is I, the one, the only, with the one and only Kevin Burgess. I'm Russ. This is the Dapper Dividend Podcast. And hey, this is the second time we're doing this. My guest has been so gracious to come back because yours truly recorded himself on the wrong microphone. It sounded awful. We can't have that for you. So, Kevin, once again, introduce yourself to everybody. Tell us who you are, when you got started in dividends, and uh, and why.
1: Well, that, that's great. So, Russ, first of all, thanks for having me on, and and thanks for having me on again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, maybe we'll call that a dry run, so we can be a little briefer on this one. Maybe get straight to the point. But Let's do it. Um, yeah, so a little background on me: I uh, am retired, as many of you know, and um, retired about two years ago, and still have not run out of money, so that's a good thing. Um, I have. Uh, well, I guess my career was really built in the financial area. In the uh, you know, got a degree in accounting. Actually, my degree, Russ, was in economics and business with an emphasis in accounting, because. The, de- the college I went to didn't offer an accounting degree. You can have an emphasis in accounting, but I had to take economics classes as well. Okay. So, uh, you know, that that being that, I passed the CPA exam about 100 years ago, yeah, <laughs> maybe not quite that far, but uh, so I had this financial background. My career has been in the financials, it's been in the accounting area, mainly, I guess when I started, I was more of manufacturing accounting, but it ultimately ended up in The uh, accounting, uh, I would call it more technical accounting, where it's dealing with 10 Qs, 10 Ks, and then closed out my career in internal audit and risk. So that's kind of where I come from. So why dividend accounting or or dividend accounting? Why dividend investing? Yeah, I don't, I don't think we would keep anybody very long if I started talking about dividend <laughs> accounting. <So. laughs>
0: I'd be interested, but yeah, I think for most people they wouldn't. But dude, yeah, tell. Yeah. Dude, you've got the cred. You've got the street cred. I mean, the, the, for most of us, like somebody like me, that's why it's crazy that we're sitting here talking about dividend investing. And as I make it very well known, I never went to college and I just – YouTube and on the fly learning and reading Warren Buffett and the greats and following great YouTube channels where you guys teach me things. So um, yeah. So so why dividends? What, what attracted you to dividend investing?
1: Yeah. So what attracted me to dividend investing is, and I think of it really kind of like the first thing is it is hard to fake dividends. I mean, you can fake earnings as a company, but it is hard to fake dividends for very long because your cash flow statement, you know, tells you how much cash you've got, and if you're borrowing money to pay dividends, that only lasts so long. So, I, I like dividend investing because it is hard to fake dividends. Uh, that's kind of the main thing. The second thing, though, for me, and I don't know if you guys deal with this, but you know, there's a lot of emotion that goes into investing, right? So you you kind of pick a stock that you like, and you you, you it's almost like you're Kind of dating that stock, right? And then all of a sudden that stock goes way down, and you're like, man, I picked the wrong stock, right? And so there's a lot of emotion that goes into that. But when I have dividend stocks, I know that these businesses can't fake their cash flow. I know they have a good business. And so therefore, I can ride that out. I can get those dividends, those sweet dividends that come in every quarter, and just let the market price move and flow as it's going to happen. So those are kind of the two big things for me, Russ, on dividend investing.
0: You remind me of... The great Phil Esposito. You know who Phil Esposito is, I'm, I'm wondering. The hockey player? I've heard the name. Okay. I can't.
1: I'm, I've I'm, heard the name.
0: I'm a big hockey fan. So Phil Esposito, for those of you who don't know, played in the 60s, 70s, Hall of Fame hockey player, predominantly on the Boston Bruins. And he was from Sault Ste. Marie, uh, Ontario in Canada. So shout out, I got my Labatt Canadian shirt on. The one and only Canadian <laughs> shirt I own. But the point of this is, when you talked about dividend investing, allowing you to be kind of unemotional, um, I, you know, so Phil Esposito, he had a knock against him that, like his teammates said, whenever he had, we'll just say relations with a girl, he fell in love with the girl. And that was his weakness. And that's been my weakness with investing, as I found out. I can't just date a stock. Every time I buy a stock, I end up falling in love with it and holding it forever. And a little bit of little bit of breaking news, buddy. Today, or you know, it was yesterday, <laughs> all these days run together. Yesterday, I sold Neo, the uh, Chinese EV car company. I held that nice. sucker. I bought it in September of 2018 when it IPO'd because they said it was going to be the Tesla of China. Held it all the way up until $70 a share almost. Uh, It was like 67 and change. I had been selling covered calls on it. We won't get into that. Uh, But just say I couldn't get out of the shares um, very easily. And then it was all the way back down to $7.50 where I ended up selling it yesterday. Uh, I was in initially at around $5 a share. So we didn't lose any money. But what a roller coaster ride for that. And that's the problem that should have been a trade and i just fall in love with stocks so do you do you kind of get what i mean where it's almost as a dividend investor once you locate a great company you are just going to be rewarded the longer you hold on to that stock especially if they you know consistently grow their dividends so thinking of that what is what is something that you do you know So you're going to marry these stocks or you want to hold on to them, Mm. you know, like what's Warren Buffett's favorite uh, holding period forever. So what are some of the things that you look at before you invest or while you're investing to keep tabs on these companies? What can you tell somebody that's just thinking about getting into dividend investing? What would be some um, some things you do or look at or use? Pray, pray, tell, yeah, Gavin. No, that, pray, tell.
1: That's that's a great question. So, first of all, uh, congratulations and condolences on Neo. So, uh, yeah, you deserve both of those. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So what do I do when I, uh, I guess for beginning investors, one of the things that, that I would suggest is uh, you're really wanting to look for good businesses. So there's a couple of ways that, that people go about selecting stocks, right? Oh, there's more than a couple. There's a hundred different ways. But I'll boil it down really into two main categories. Some people are looking for the stock price movement and some people are looking at the business. And so when you know charting you probably heard that right yep. you know you're looking at the charts and you're looking to see when the the head and shoulders are happening and all of this this kind of stuff the so golden doji way of looking the, at-
0: the golden dojis and the flying bears and I, yeah they got all those crazy yeah, names I yeah. learned some of them and it's it's astronomy exactly. or uh, no astrology <laughs>
1: okay (laughs) so then the other way is which is what i do is i actually try to understand the business and so when i invest in a company i'm not investing in whether i think the stock's going to go up tomorrow i'm investing in a business um, thinking that i believe in the business and that the business over the long term is going to do very well so there's uh five things i look at which i'll go through really quickly the first thing uh, is I look at their uh, financials. So for me, financials are very important. And as I look at the financials, I want them to have a strong balance sheet, uh, manageable debt levels and uh, you know, good cash flow, et cetera, et cetera. So that kind of gives me a sense. That's really kind of my first look. And if, I, if they don't have good financials, I move on. I don't spend any more time on them. The second thing I look at is their capital allocation process. So as you know, there's only certain ways companies can spend their capital, right? They can they can buy equipment or they can do dividends or they can buy back shares. And there's probably a couple of others, but you get the point. So I look at that capital allocation process and I try to, to ascertain how well they do that. I want some going to dividends, but I also want some reinvested in the company. And even some, as long as the stock price is low, I really like to see stock buybacks, but that's really kind of hard to, t- hard to time, right? Because usually companies have a lot of cash when they're doing very well and therefore their stock is doing very well. So you just have to look at you know, at the timing of all that. So that's point number two. And, and when I think of those two, Russ, I'm, I'm looking really at past performance, right? Because that's really all I have. That I don't have the financial statements for three years from now. I only have the financial statements up to the current time. So I'm looking awesome. at the past. I'm looking at trends. Oh, wouldn't it wouldn't it be great? It'd be like, uh, I'm sure there's some movies about that and you would probably know that. But so that's the cost of, or the capital allocation and the financials are really kind of the past. And so the third thing I look at kind of bringing it closer to home is what is the stock worth? What is the business worth to me? So at business worth to me, I really like the discounted cash flow model where you're you're uh, discounting back cash flows that you're expecting to happen in the future. As you know, Russ, these uh, valuations can be um, a, a little, they can be a, a widespread between them. So you just have to kind of uh, get a good gauge as to what you think the value of the company is. So that's the past and the, and the present. But I'm not buying that when I buy a stock. I'm not buying the past and I'm not buying the present. I'm buying the future. So the question for me then is, can they repeat that in the future? So for that, I look at two things. I look at the company's strategy and I look at the company's management team. When I look at the strategy, I want to make sure that I understand that strategy and mm-hmm. um, that then, the, then from a management perspective, I want to get a flavor for whether they can pull it off. So that's the kind of the way I look at it, Russ. I look at the past, I look at the present, I look at the future and then I make the best decision I can make and uh, buy some shares or or not. Nice.
0: So the, the cash yeah. flow you're looking at that's pr- that's pretty important. You're looking at how they're spending that cash. Uh, with that's the pe- the past and then the present. Is, uh, I do I love the valuation, the discounted cash flow. Um, very awesome book by Joel Greenblatt. I'm trying to remember which one I should be better prepared. I've read three of his books. I think it's the big secret for the small investor. Uh, check the link below. I'll, I'll, during when I'm editing, I'll put it in there. It's just, I love it that you said that because a lot of us forget, and it's so easy to slip into looking at where a company has been and where they are today. But as investors, we're investing through the windshield and we want as little uncertainty as possible. Perfect example. I listened to Starbucks's. Starbucks? Starbucks? is. that doesn't sound right. I listened to this. I listened to the Starbucks earnings call, and they had a really good quarter, but their stock got clobbered because they didn't give any forward guidance, meaning they didn't give any projection on how they thought they are going to do in the future. And investors just want that certainty. And I think it's so funny because Berkshire Hathaway, Buffett and Munger, they will never give. Any forward guidance on on the company because they don't want to be, you know, be held to something that they don't know what the future is going to hold. So I think it's yeah. just so cool that uh, that you have that five step process. And so if something doesn't line up, if you find a reason to say no, is it just you, you just move on? You move on to the next one. Is that kind of yeah? It? I
1: move on. There's a, there's a lot of stocks out there. And and just to be clear, I really don't look a lot at guidance. I look at mm-hmm. the management team and, and the strategy, right? Because the uh, as you said, Starbucks, you know, they um, came out with their guidance, which was kind of the same, right? They had yeah. a blowout quarter. And then they said, Oh, we're going to do the same for the year. And, and so what happens there is investors go, Oh, you know, what are you not telling me? Right? So you had this great quarter and, and it's better than we thought it was going to be when you were going to be here. And now, you're still here. So that means some other quarter's got to be bad. So there's something you're not telling. So it really exactly. uh, gets rid of some trust. And um, so the new CEO at Starbucks, I believe, has learned a lesson today. And uh, he won't make that mistake again, my guess.
0: <laughs> Flaxman Simon, I think. Uh, he was the CEO. I don't know if you know. He used to be the CEO of Ben Kaiser. European. They're kind of like a Procter & Gamble of Europe of sorts or a church okay. in Dwight of Europe. They just have a lot of household uh, products like that. And gotcha. yeah. gotcha. so w- I wanted to ask you, where then would you look? Where do you find the management strategy at?
1: Yeah, so there's a couple of places I look. Um, one of those is they will typically have some materials on their investor relations website. So whatever company you research and you go to that investor relations website, they will have presentations that they where they've presented to investors or even their last earnings will have some slides, right? Typically that they put together. I will go through that and look for strategy. I'll look for, you know, what they believe their business is about and and what they're trying for. For me, strategy is about what game am I playing and how am I going to win it? Right. so that's the strategy Uh, and then i also would go to the 10k and there is actually a strategy section in the 10k now it's passed through all the lawyers right so you have to kind of work you have to kind of read that you have to kind of uh pull things from uh between the lines a lot of times but there's some good information in the 10k as well so but if by looking at both of those documents if i don't understand the strategy i move on because First of all, I think I should be able to understand the strategy. I've I've been in that realm, right? And if I don't understand it, it's either that it's too complicated for me or they are not very clear on their strategy. And so either way, I'm going to move on.
0: So I have a question for you. If all of this, if somebody's listening and they're like, dude, I don't really have the time for that. That just sounds way Mm. too complicated, but I still would like to be a dividend investor. What would you suggest if somebody had that disposition about things? Hi, that's a nice 50 cent word. Thank you. Hey, I just talked to myself. Did you just hear that? I had a conversation with myself. So (laughs) That's the kind of fun stuff, hard hitting analysis you get here. Um, (laughs) Anyways, so back on track, what would you tell somebody if they didn't want to analyze individual companies and they didn't want to put forth that effort?
1: Yeah, that's a great question because, I mean, if you don't want to do that, um, I, I really would question why you're really trying to pick individual stocks to begin with, right? Because that's what it's about. And so if you're not interested in that, what I would suggest is that you look into like exchange traded funds some ETFs. There's some great dividend ETFs. Uh, I I know SCHD is very popular uh, in today's world. So if you're not interested in, in, in individual companies and, and researching all of that, and I get it. I mean, it takes a nerd, right? It takes a nerd to really enjoy that. And I am a, a self-proclaimed nerd, right? So I'll raise my hand. Uh, I used to wear glasses by the way until my uh, surgery, so <laughs> and Same now i here. don't. so that's kind of cool. Well, yeah. oh, yeah, I have
0: con- contacts, but yeah, I, I actually uh, tweeted out today I said, You know, I used to listen to music all day long, and today I've listened to the Vici, the Starbucks, and the uh Lionel Basel uh, earnings reports. What's wrong with me? You know, it's just <laughs> but that's me, and you, dude, you said it, just ETFs. <laughs> You can buy a basket of stocks. You don't even have to worry mm. about it. Uh, I've recently consolidated a lot of ancillary positions into SCHD. There was okay. positions I held that I didn't even know the CEO. I didn't know anything about mm. them, but I was like this. I, I I didn't feel right about that holding so many companies that I I can't really tell you anything about them because it's been so long since I've looked at them. Um, actually, I did that today. Uh, I've been been consolidating like a mofo. I sold uh, Clorox because they dude, they were up almost $10 a share
1: today at one point. Crazy. Yeah.
0: So little old Clorox, they have a PE of 50, which to me is just, that's nutty. So I, I had seven shares in my Roth and I was like, you know what? Few bucks, few buck gain. I just moved on and i've been underwater on them for a long time so today i finally got back to a little bit over even and i was like "Eh, i'm gonna take it i think they're way overvalued looked at the chart way overbought Uh, i don't know who's gonna keep buying like my pepsico keeps you know another day yawn another all-time high i think eight (laughs) of the last nine trading days pepsico has set an all-time high it's insane. I was yeah. like, okay, I, I guess they're curing cancer now with Doritos and Mountain Dew, but you know, it's too. It was they're my core holding. I'm I'm gonna keep holding them though, but it's just it's all these value stocks were taking off. So that it, is maybe that. a follow up yeah. question.
1: Follow up yeah, question yeah. to that is what if what if you're a uh, an investor. And you've been investing either using charts or just, you know, trying to, uh, you know, there's also a hope strategy, right? Where you buy it and you hope it goes up, right? So, you know, maybe you've been following that strategy and you go, you know, I want to try investigating companies. So, you know, what do I do, right? How do I get into that? If I, I don't know if I like it or not, right? So there's some that say, hey, I don't like that. They've tried it. They know they don't like it. There's some that are nerds like me that do like it. What about the ones that just don't know, right? And so I would say that I, I would use ETFs, but then I would pick one or two, maybe three at the most, yeah. you know, stocks that you connect with. Right. And, you know, look around your house, see what you're using, what you're driving, what, whatever, and find something you're interested in and, and research that one or two stocks. And, and, and in, a, in about two or three quarters, you will know whether you like it or not. And then you can move either either way. Right. You can go to ETFs or you can kind of dive in to this area of research and stocks.
0: Well, a lot of us are are trying to get where you are. So what yeah. is it like living off dividends? Uh, I don't know. Do you have any issues? Is it are you strictly? are you taking all of your dividends are you reinvesting any of them
1: yeah so that's a great question i have um, multiple streams of income so i have uh, a pension i also have rental income and then i have dividend income so um, at this point i leave my dividend income until last and and so i have uh, not needed that uh, up to this point i've lived on the other two and then i get to reinvest my dividend um, or earnings, dividend income, back into stocks. Now I will say that I've got a little bit of, of a uh, thing going on here where I've bought a house, we're remodeling it, and spending a ton of money on it. So um, I've been pulling out some of my after-tax funds to uh, put in that house until we decide uh, what we're going to do with that. So, but I'll be putting that back in uh, pretty soon. So, but yeah, That's I can good. I can use that then for whatever I want.
0: It's nice that they're there. And yeah, yeah, dude, I, you know, we, we might be having a nice size remodel coming up ourselves and Mm. I'm looking at my taxable account because I don't want to take out a a HELOC or you know what I mean? Like it's there. So it does stink having to sell stocks. And, but I mean, if it saves me from, like I said, just having to, pay interest on a home equity line of credit or putting a bunch of money on the credit card that I might not be able to pay off right away. You know, it's it's there. That's what it's there for. It's it's a nice little uh, and it's an investment in 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 our house. So
1: that's So um, about a week or so ago, Russ, I had uh I sold I had some bills coming up for this house, right? And I sold <laughs> my AT&T shares. The next day it went whoosh.
0: Oh, <laughs> it you was really yeah, cool. you got <laughs> see you're you're smart you got lucky you know you you're yeah um, my
1: mom I can't always said quit it's AT- better to be lucky than good
0: well <laughs> you know and i wish i would have had some of that luck but i i can't quit yeah. at and i don't know what's wrong with me i think i'm in yeah. a cult uh i need might need yeah. help uh, <laughs> i think might it's like counseling. broke back uh, it's like Brokeback Mountain with me and T. I have this grand delusion that they're going to come back to $22, $23 a share, and I'll get out happy singing with my money, get everything back. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. That's That one's a work in progress, is good old at that a lot of us invested in. And, um, yeah, if you look at – if anybody goes to Seeking Alpha and you look at at and and you hit the charting tab, and it is insane the difference between Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile over 10 years. I think T-Mobile's up like 670%, and then right. T's at like 20 and I think Verizon's at like 35 or 40%, something like that. And that's with dividends reinvested. And T-Mobile, right. by the way, doesn't pay a dividend. So, yeah, that kind of makes you think. Um, do you have any non-dividend-paying stocks that you own?
1: Yeah, I have one, actually. Um... I have uh, Google. Google is my only non uh, non dividend paying stock.
0: Do you think they're going to pay a dividend soon? Sooner rather than later.
1: I don't know. I, I don't think so. Actually, I think they will continue to reinvest their uh, their earnings in in the business, and uh, you know, because they've got a lot of competition now around AI and and all of that. So it's not uh, they're not as much of a um, uh, monopoly almost in that space anymore. So uh, I think I think they've got a bit of a challenge out there. So they're going to be really investing in R and D and growing that way. So I don't think so. So
0: one of the things that I, I wanted to talk uh, with the audience, talk out with the audience about, isn't that wonderful English? Thank you, mm-hmm. public school system in Cook County, Illinois. Um, <laughs> I would like to. You know, what are some stocks that you are looking at buying the dip on? Um get your chips, you know, when they dip. What what are two or three that you're you're waiting on right now that you think they're overvalued but you would like to buy when they uh when they dip?
1: Yeah, so that's that's a good question. I really wasn't going there when I heard your question, but uh so let me come at it from the stocks that I am looking to buy at the moment, right? And then I'll come back to your question about what's overvalued right now and what would I want to come down? And um, so I'll give you a couple on the uh, side of what am I buying now? One of them, and I bought it yesterday. I bought some shares of T. Rowe price yesterday. They uh, came Mm. down a lot yesterday. And so, um, you know, I've added to my position there. They're probably, they're certainly in the top 10 of my uh, portfolio and i just added a few shares i think 75 i bought 75 shares or so yesterday so that was uh, you know exciting for me and and um another uh stock that i'm really looking at and i actually own some of but uh, this one is a bit overvalued so i'm waiting on it uh, so this really kind of goes to your question which is parker hannafin ticker symbol uh. ph uh, uh, I just really like them. I, I bought some when they were really down, and then they came screaming back, and I just couldn't see uh, adding more to the position at that point. So I'm looking for them to come down.
0: I, was, I don't terribly know much about Parker Hannafin, but in, in my line of work, they make hydraulic hoses, and I've definitely yep. used quite a bit of those hoses that uh, Parker Hannafin makes.
1: Yeah, they make a bunch of things. Yeah. So, um... So the uh, the there's a couple of stocks that I've been looking at, Russ, and and one of them that is perpetually high that I would love to own because I love their product, and the, that's Hershey's. I love chocolate, and the uh, Hershey's is forever uh, just really overvalued in my in my view. So I, I can't I can't really bring myself to buy Hershey, even though I would love to own some share of Hers shares of Hershey. And the other one, which is actually getting, uh, it's actually, I believe, fair valued now. It hasn't been uh, of late. I believe it's, it's in the area of fair value. And uh, we just bought a farm in Alabama. We've been, uh, you know, learning how to farm. And on this farm, I have, uh, it's, it's old oh, McDonald, right? And on this farm. I, I have, was waiting. <laughs> I was waiting, man. And on this it. farm, I have a tractor. And that tractor is a John Deere tractor, and I would love to pick up some shares of John Deere ticker symbol DE. I've looked at it recently. I do believe it's fair valued. Love their financials. Love their capital allocation. I believe they have a uh, deep moat, and so just waiting for that to come down a bit more, and then I may just pounce and pick up a few shares of John Deere. So, so what are you looking at, my friend?
0: Yeah. So John Deere, interesting. They uh, I know they're getting into AI that Mm
1: -hmm, they have technology
0: mm -hmm. that they're developing where the farmers don't even have to be on the tractor. They can just program it on the computer, lay out the land, and it'll just it'll take care of everything. It's it's crazy because you think how many people used to be uh, agrarian. I mean, the bulk of society used to work on farms and now it's just a couple people. So technology is amazing. But for me, you know, I see a major, it's not pink drink. This is my daughter's cup. It's just their old, it's the color changing cup, Starbucks. They're coming down now, um, as we had just talked about. I think I saw them at 103, 104 today, but it's hard because not too long ago, I was buying them in the $70 and $80 range. And I believe I picked up a few shares around 67. I think that's going back to October of 2022 um yeah but honestly i'm i'm happy buying i'm buying a lot of next media i think they're pretty undervalued right now uh so it's i'm buying a lot of stocks that did dip but i i guess microsoft is probably one i'd really like to see dip a lot and yeah, they are kind of kind of like hershey's man they're just always always overvalued and Dude, it's like flash crash. Sometimes when they dip a bit, it's like a a day or two, I swear, it seems. And then it's like, whoop, right back up. Did you miss it? I'd say Microsoft for me. Tractor Supply, you reminded me of that. I thought you were, when you said Tractor, Mm -hmm. ticker (laughs) T-S-C-O, Tractor Supply Company. Yeah, uh, they're, they are fantastic and I've shopped at their stores around here and by the way, they don't sell tractors. So kind of a fun fact with them. Um, and then Johnson and Johnson, yeah. I'd like to see them in the one forties and they're going to be IPO here in any, by the time this comes out, it'll be right around the corner any day can uh, view their consumer health segment. So that's, you know, those are some of the ones that I'd be looking at and it's funny because I put out uh, two things. I put out a tweet that showed Apple five years ago in 2018 was around 40. This is split adjusted wow. around 40-some dollars a share. Now it's, what, 130, 140? Oh, yeah. I don't even know. I don't,
1: 150 it's, or so, yeah. Yeah, no, it's more and than it's and like so, 170.
0: And I'm sure there was people in 2018 saying, like, that's yeah, pretty overvalued. So five years from now, are we going to look back and think it's overvalued? So that's probably another one. Apple always seems overvalued. But anyway, the the point was going to be is that Warren Buffett, again, has always said that if you think a company is great and it's going to be around for a long time and making money for a long time, then don't wait to buy it. Don't try and time the market. Just just invest in that business, you know, like. Just be done with it. So are you ready for, for some t- Twitter? I was going to say, you hold your peace. I'm like, wait, why would I say that? We got Twitter <laughs> questions if you, you oh,
1: want wow. to. Oh, wow. This is exciting. Yeah. Shoot them at me, man. This will be live like, news, um, my... you know, yeah, live and, and uh, unrehearsed, right?
0: Well, it's I had Xfinity blowing up my account here, or my phone, because they're <laughs> doing some work, and I've been having Wi-Fi issues, so. You got to love it, man. Anyway, so here we go. We'll go through these kind of rapid fire. So Max says, do you prefer dollar cost averaging or lump sum investing?
1: Uh, Yeah, and and most of the time I will answer questions like this as it depends, right? And so um, I prefer for younger investors, dollar cost averaging. And um, the reason is, is that you can, uh, you know, you can kind of set it and forget it. Right. You find the companies that you want to buy, you you buy them in the same dollar amount increments every time. So when the stock price is lower, you're buying more shares. When the stock price is higher, you're buying fewer shares. So your average cost over time is lower. Right. And so I, I really like dollar cost averaging for uh, younger investors. For me, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So I'm, you know, I'm a, uh, you know, for instance, uh, when I uh, flip this house, right, I'm going to have a lump sum of money. I'm not going to dollar cost to average that in, right? So I'm really? going to take, you know, no, I'm going to take, you know, probably, I don't know what it will be. Let's say it'll be 50 grand, right? I'll take 50 grand and I will put it in several stocks, but I'm not gonna say, hey, over the next year, every week I'm gonna put in a certain amount of money, right? So I'm gonna put in you know, I might pick like three different time periods to do it, but it's not so it's kind of like a fake DCA. But um yeah. So I think it depends. I, I think it depends on on really where your portfolio is and, and whether you know you're investing consistently every period. And if you are DCA definitely the way to go.
0: I'm, I'm not sure if Morick knows who you are, but he says, and he, maybe you may be, and I don't know. Why are you dropping so much money into VOO with all the banking problems going on right now?
1: I do have, um, you know, I said that earlier that uh, using ETFs is a great way to, to kind of, um, you know, keep some work off your table, right? So what I have done is I've taken a yeah. third of my portfolio, and I have it in VOO, which is really a way to track the S and P 500. So you know, there, I'm sure there are banks in there. It is not, however, a banking ETF. It is s and P 500 right. ETF. So yeah, that's why I'm doing this because I want to take some of that money uh, that I have, some of my portfolio. Because here's the thing to remember: when you're retired, a lot of people think. I'm gonna I'm gonna grow this fund until I retire, and then I'm gonna live off the income, and I'm gonna reinvest everything into income. But don't forget, you plan to live a lot longer than retirement date, so you're gonna need money that's gonna grow for you, not just your current income. So those are the funds that I have planned for the future, and and so therefore I'm putting those in the S and P 500 and letting them grow over time. The other two thirds of my portfolio are my dividend stocks so so i yeah so he's in nice. the discord that i'm in and uh so i have okay. been posting out there what i buy and so he's catching he's catching that okay. so it's a great question i'm glad you asked it but yeah that's that's what's going on
0: and then we have vegetable farmer 11. i love the names man oh sort of yeah I could be chicken uh, farmer 11. Uh, <laughs> Now, he says, are you into the single stocks or ETFs? I think we, we kind of answered that. But he said, do you plan on staying with single stocks or ETFs as you get deeper into retirement?
1: I, so for me, I love this stuff. I love you know, researching companies and strategies. And uh, so I will always have uh, some shares of individual companies and and at some point i may have all shares of individual companies it just depends on really? uh, you know what my workload is yeah so if uh, i mean i do I, I enjoy it it's the only way i would get out of it is if i didn't enjoy it i'm in retirement Rand. Right? i need to do what i enjoy right and so that's why i do what i do with these dividend stocks it's because i enjoy it and because of that I don't. i wouldn't i'm not going to ever get out of it at least i don't plan to unless something happens
0: yeah, exactly, dude. That's so important, is what you said. Like, I think a lot of people think of retirement, and I used to, as you're either on the beach or you're playing golf every day until mm. you die. And as I'm learning what I'm doing right now, what you're doing, we're learning to make a little bit of money talking and typing. Like, that's something I can do yeah. indefinitely. I mean, as long as I can talk and type. <laughs> And soon it'll be just talk. You won't even have to type anymore. So
1: That's right.
0: So I'm going to move these along cuz we could be here all night. <laughs> James Coffee says Microsoft as a long-term dividend play? Question mark. So I guess these asking, would you?
1: Yes. I absolutely. Yes. I think that's an easy yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 We just we yeah. just
0: want to see it at a better valuation.
1: Yeah, Microsoft is uh in my portfolio. I'm trying to think of where it is. It's, in, it's around number six or seven in my portfolio so i absolutely believe in microsoft i believe in their future and i i believe it's a good dividend growth stock to have over time so yes the answer is yes dairyland dividends my guy
0: up north in wisconsin yeah hater. uh, he wants to know do you have any holdings that you regret selling
1: Wow, that's a good question. It, it, it's it's kind of like you love them and leave them, right? So um, I don't really spend time thinking about what I've sold, but I'm sure that there are. One will come to me uh, in a few minutes, I'm sure. But because, I mean, it goes both ways, right? Sometimes you buy stuff and it goes down. And those are the ones I remember. And the ones that, mm-hmm. that I sell and they go skyrocketing up. Oh, yeah, um, Kroger. Kroger is one. So I bought Kroger. It's been several years ago, but I bought Kroger when it was, you know, here. And then I thought, you know, this is not doing anything. And and Buffett bought some and it still didn't do anything. And so then I said, hey, I'm out. Right. And it was like a quarter later that just went. Whoop. So nice. Yeah. So yeah Kroger is one that I regret selling.
0: Hey, that's why I told everybody. I said, you know, for all of you that are invested in NEO, I've been holding since 2018. <laughs> so I decided to sell and exit the position. And then I just said rocket ship. So you're all welcome because NEO is yeah. just guaranteed to, to just rock it up now. Uh, a couple more uh, Journeyman portfolio says, any new position you're considering adding to? your portfolio, or considering selling out of?
1: Yeah, so I am absolutely considering John Deere that we talked about earlier. And um, as far as getting out of, I'm not looking at at anything now uh, getting out of. uh, Everything right now, I'm I'm pretty happy with. So it doesn't mean that I think it's going to come back tomorrow, but I believe long-term, the things that I have in my portfolio, I, I like a lot lately i've been really focused more on quality than on, on uh, or, uh, you know dividend income so i've been buying these quality stocks like microsoft johnson and johnson uh, t row price so i've been yep. looking to improve the quality of my portfolio during this bear market and so that's been something that's been on my mind a lot so
0: what bear market yeah, <laughs> I don't see any bear market. I'd love it to be back in a bear market. All right, two more. Uh, we got my buddy Harris, Elliot, one penny at a time podcast said, what was the first hobby
1: or thing you picked up when you reached financial freedom? Oh, yeah, that's great. Um, so... When I reached financial freedom, let me just kind of give some uh, a, a backdrop to this, right? So I knew I was retiring and I'd planned this retirement. We had a home in North Carolina. I was going to be there in the mountains. We, were, we had all these plans, right, for the future. And uh, so I was picking up things. I was reading. I was, you know, doing this dividend investing. And, and uh, you know, at some point it became, you know, what's the purpose? What's the my purpose in life? So my suggestion would be as you think about retirement don't think about what you're going to do but think about why you're going to do it and so as we began to, to kind of work through that process we felt that family was really our purpose and so we have moved uh, closer to one of our kids and, and uh, a grandchild and, and so all of this kind of works together into the purpose right of just of, uh, family so I would say that the first thing that I really realized that I missed was purpose. And so, yeah, and I don't know if that, that's a good answer. but You,
0: you know, it is. You, you remind me of that saying that you should never be running away from something. You should be running to it. Yeah. And if you're running away from something, you don't know what you're running towards and it may be worse than what you're running away from. So right. I think that's so, so cool mm-hmm. that you say that you should have a why. And there it is. Like that's that's a big why for you. And like we always say, man, you only have a set number of days on this spinning blue ball mm-hmm. and that's it. It's over. Yeah. Um, You know, if if people are religious, they have other takes on that. But good, (laughs) good question. Thanks for asking. (laughs) Anyway, last one. Um, Dissecting the markets says, uh, "How did he have the patience to do dividend growth investing? Did he love his job?" Kind of answered it with that last one. But did you love your job?
1: Yeah, I enjoyed my job, um, but there was a lot of stress related to my job because my job was really about risk and internal audit. So. At the end of the day, the thing that kept me up at night was not what I knew, but what I didn't know. It was about what was going on that I was not aware of and hadn't put uh, in the right process in place to find, right? So so that was a bit stressful. And um, while I enjoyed what I did, I loved the people that I worked with, but it was really about getting my stress level down and, and moving into something that is, kind of cool. And and so, you know, purpose and then dividend uh, growth and investing are the things that I do now and I enjoy them.
0: And chickens, you got chickens.
1: Chickens, yeah. Yeah, we've been growing chickens on the farm and um, that's been kind of cool too. We've gotten our, uh, our first uh, eggs here a couple of months ago. So we haven't bought any eggs at the grocery store. My understanding is they're still a bit elevated in price. So, <laughs> You know, the cool thing is I'm just feeding birds and they're giving me these, what I call butt nuggets, uh, you know, every day. So.
0: <laughs> nice. No, I don't think I can ever eat eggs again. Do you feed them all the garbage, all the leftovers? I hear they eat anything.
1: Uh, well, they don't eat everything, but they'll eat a lot. And uh, so there's certain yeah. things that, that we've learned that we shouldn't feed them like, um, like uh, what's it called? that uh, makes guacamole. Uh, avocados. Uh, yeah. they shouldn't eat avocados there's certain things that uh-huh. that are that are not good for them but but they will uh, they love that kind of stuff they eat just about anything uh but we also give them a balanced diet of, of feed that's nutritional for them and and uh, but yeah we do we do give them every morning I go out this is kind of a fun fun fact every morning I go out I grab a handful of corn and I let them out of their run. We've got some that free range uh, here on the property. And I throw that corn out there. And and they, if I don't have that corn, they're like yelling at me, screaming at me. So I have to go get the corn and throw it out there. And then they leave me alone for the rest of the day. So they, they look forward I'm, to that I'm, corn.
0: I'm telling you, you need to do it for your video. I'll, I'll be waiting. Uh, it's called, Am I Smarter Than a Chicken? And what you should do is just, you get a stock pick, and then put yeah. you know write down like three cards of stocks or four cards, and put a piece of corn on each one, and let the one chicken see which one it picks, and then track that stock over the next couple of weeks or something, and see. Yeah, it's it... not a bad idea. <laughs> I hey, I swear to God, Kevin, I would watch that. I would watch. Am I smarter than a chicken? Yeah. Then, you know, just to see what happened. But
1: okay, well, you're you know, giving me
0: an idea. I may have to look into that. I don't know if it's ever been done before, but you know, you got to think <laughs> out of the box sometimes. Yeah, that's man. true. That is right. <laughs> Anyway, so we made it, man. Thank you again awesome. for coming and doing this and letting everybody hear your voice, the dulcet tones of our voices. I always like <laughs> to say, <laughs> I have so many weird things I talk about on the podcast and little jokes and whatnot, and I don't know where it comes from, but Hey, like I was telling my buddy Harris there, you know, it's like, I, okay, I'm with you. I'm not. I didn't turn myself up to ten. But usually, when I'm by myself, I I want to entertain myself too. So I turn myself up to ten. Mm. You know, it's not for everybody. But
1: you're for everybody, Kevin. You're a man of the people. So where can the people find you? So uh, you can look for me on YouTube. It's my uh, name. I always get that backwards, but it's right here. You can uh, look look for me there. Also, I have uh, started a. Um, instagram account and the the reason i like that is because it's it's a lot quicker i can just put something out there and people can can see that and now we can create a relationship because what is the 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 coolest part of all this russ is not about dividend growth investing but it's about the camaraderie and the people that i've met in this process so yeah so cheers um I'll drink you know, my
0: water to that
1: yeah so I mean the dividend growth investing community has some really really cool people in it and so having you know the guy that asked about the uh, vu earlier voo earlier mm-hmm. it's like you know there's this crowd of people out there and and we enjoy talking about stocks and we enjoy helping each other it's not a competition it's about helping each other learn and grow That is so cool. And that's why I like being part of the dividend growth investing community. So,
0: Exactly. Very well said, Kevin. Everybody make sure I'll have the links in the show notes in the channel description, video description, thingamajigger, whatever you want to call it at the bottom. Uh, Give him a follow. Talk to the man. If you have any questions, hit him up on his Instagram account. Say hello. He likes it when people say hello and same thing with me you guys know me everything's in the the bottom we'll have a million links for you to uh, find out so kevin thank you once again i'm going to keep my fingers toes and eyes crossed that everything goes well and we're able to get this up and out to everybody
1: well that that's great and uh, russ i really appreciate being on your show you're one of my favorite uh youtube personalities i watch Ah. every one of your shows so um, really, I, I can't believe I'm, I'm sitting in the presence of greatness here with Dapper Dividends, Russ. Hey, so this is who exciting. T-
0: who told you I'm susceptible to flattery? Come on now. <laughs> anyway, all right, everybody, we're going to leave it there. And I will see you in the next episode. Peace.